This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner, as always, alongside my buddy, my pal, Michael Burns. Michael is on location yet again. It's the sixth straight episode that Michael has been in a different <laughs> spot or have had a different background. Mikey, where can we find you tonight? I'm in freaking Chicago, Illinois, man. Did you say freaking Chicago, Illinois? Yeah, because I heard it was 80 degrees last week <laughs> in Chicago, and I literally landed Sunday and woke up Monday to snow. And let me and let me guess, it was like 60 degrees and sunny today. Uh, it was 50 today. 50 today. Oh, a little Tomorrow bit is supposed to be uh, stormy 75. with storms 75. early in the morning. Yeah, I did the forecast for Chicago earlier. That's the only reason I know. And that would be as this podcast drops. But uh, you're in Chicago um, visiting with some family. Um, do you want to go on? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm up here for uh, my grandma passed. So we're up here taking care of grandma and all, all of her stuff. So uh, sorry to hear that, bud. for Chicago. Uh, but your grandma's the reason you're a Cubs fan. So, and that's why you're a baseball fan. So. Oh, half the yeah, half my half my stuff is from my grandma. My cub stuff is from my grandma. So thanks, so. grandma, and uh, rest in peace to grandma. Cheers to this pour tonight that we will be having will be for grandma. And speaking of pours, we are a bourbon and a baseball podcast, as I mentioned. This is episode twenty-two. Last week was our Sammy Sosa episode, and we got four new subscribers on YouTube over the last week. So shout out to Alex Mann, uh, who is the the only one who was public who uh actually is uh following us or just subscribe to us so a big thank you to alex for joining us again 68 subscribers you can follow us on youtube and subscribe please hit the subscribe button if you're watching right below us uh that is barrels and barrels pod on youtube you can also find us on instagram we are very close to a thousand we've been talking to, about that for the last two weeks we're getting closer and closer to a thousand followers we've been pretty active there as well posting on our stories now that baseball season has started so go check us out there. And on Facebook, we are now at 240 followers. May not seem like a lot, but a couple of weeks ago, we were at about 120. So we've nearly doubled it in the last month. So go head on Rolling. over there. Yeah, so find us there. You can also get us on Twitter. We've also doubled our Twitter following in the last two weeks. We're up to 63 Twitter followers. That is Barrels and Barrels. Michael's pretty active on that when it comes to his account. That is Burns BNB with some fantasy baseball talk there. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Google, and iHeartRadio Podcasts as well. One other cool note, we got another review on Apple Podcasts. We did. I, I, I saw it. Yeah, and it comes from our buddy Joseph Campbell. It says, if you love bourbon or baseball or both, this is a podcast for you. Brennan and Michael do a sensational job with their reviews and their pour of the episode and their discussion of everything going around in the MLB. In addition, you get tips regarding fantasy baseball, trivia gems, and proper instructions on how to pronounce Michters. Really entertaining <laughs> and very well done. So big shout out to you, Joseph. Thank you. Um, the title says, always fun usually informative so yeah, i liked that title <laughs> usually informative so that joins us and uh we now have 15 five star ratings out of 15 ratings so thank you to each and every one of you who've rated us you can also do that on spotify so please 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 do that and if you do leave us a reading or a review we'll read it out on air just like we did with joseph campbell also had two people reach out for samples so we will be getting those out to you here shortly along with a yep. t-shirt order so without further further ado, I've already wasted four minutes of everybody's time. We're jumping into our bourbon portion of the episode, and it's a fresh crack for both of us. That's right. That's right. We both went out and, and grabbed this guy. Yeah. Um, so what did you pick for us today? So today I went out and I hooked up at uh, Benny's Beverage Depot and picked up Green River by uh, now Bardstown uh, uh, Distilling. Right? No, or it's Bar Green Bar River. It's just Green River distilling. They're putting out their own juice. I thought Bardstown owns this. Mm, I don't believe so. Huh. It's uh, it's owned by the family who owned. 
uh, Green River back in the 1800s. Yeah, so Green River uh, Distilling, this is finally their juice. They're putting it out. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 90 proof. Uh, This is five years old or at least five years old. There's no age statement on the bottle. If you go to their website, it says aged at least five years. I will point this out. The bottle's pretty cool. It kind of just looks plain and normal, um, like a f- square front. But have you tilted it yet? Have you looked at the bottom? It's a horseshoe. Really cool. Oh, stuff. no, that's cool. I was looking at the center there. Mm-hmm. And then so yeah. you said that. that's pretty cool. Angel like that. Yeah, so the horseshoe on the bottom, it's got the GR right there in the middle. Uh, so very cool bottle. Um, overall, there's a little deeper of a meaning to it than just looking at it on the shelf. Uh, they do have a weeded bourbon out as well that I've heard is fantastic, and I'm sure maybe we'll do a review on that as we get down the road. What I love about this, how much did you buy it for today at Benny's? How much did I buy it for? Yeah. 33 Yeah, 33 I got mine at Kroger for thirty ninety nine, so three thirty dollars and ninety nine cents. MSRP is supposedly listed at thirty four ninety nine, so it's a relatively affordable bottle. Uh, it's got the tax stamp on it. It's not a bottled in bond, um, but it does have the stamp on the top. Uh, as I'm opening mine, you can hear the and the stamp the on the top says the whiskey without regrets. Yes, so get up. So I wanted oh. to clarify my Bardstown comment there. Uh, yes. Green Green River Distilling was acquired by a private capital PPC alongside members of the Bardstown Bourbon Management Team. That's where I must have got. Gotcha. I know Green River has been owned by several different companies over the last couple of years. So uh, I... There you go. I didn't pop the the stamp, but didn't have the b- best pop to it. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be good juice. There you go. Michael had the pop. Um, I stamped it too. Very nice, but it's all right. Man, I'm drinking out of one of my one of my grandparents' glasses. I found uh, that's super cool. Ancient antique mini Glen. Yeah, it's one, a Glen before a Glen. So you'll have to go check that out on YouTube. That's a YouTube exclusive. <laughs> it's that's a really cool glass, man. How how what, what do you think that's an ounce? Uh, that came out pretty quick. I would say this is this this is a sh- bigger than a shot glass here. Okay. Because uh, of, of the width. Yeah. So I'd say this is this is at least an ounce, maybe an ounce and a half. Cool. Uh, right off the bat, it's got a classic bourbon smell and note to me. Just, I can't swish mine around. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I pour too much. There's no swishing to get the aroma uh, going. Ah uh, man, it. I got cherries. I've got leather. Oh I've yeah, got, Cher- cherries are strong. Cherries, leather, um, vi- caramel, uh, butterscotch. Very classic bourbon nose to me, right off the bat. Um, and you just took your little. Uh, I had to get the aroma yeah. going. Yeah, it was a big one. Yeah, I still get that cherries. I feel like it's like a not grass, but like a earthy. There we go, earthy uh, note to it too. And then my my palate cleanser was quite big, so I need to let that subside for a moment there before <laughs> I get to too much tasting. But my palate cleanser was very bourbony. A little, pretty sweet too. Um, this is this is ninety proof, mm-hmm. so it is lower proof than I would typically aim to purchase myself. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if the flavor flavors can uh, come through in the low proofage here. I mentioned no age statement on it. MSRP is thirty four ninety nine. I do have the mash bill, um, which I know that you're a sucker that's, for. Um, that's my favorite. Seventy percent corn. 21% winter rye, and then Uh-oh. the website says 9% malted two-row barley and six-row barley. So it's a combination of two different types of barley for that 9%. So I was like, what does that mean? And I did some digging and some research, and it was saying that uh, the two-row barley is higher in the proteins, I believe, and the six-row is higher in carbohydrates, or I could be... Uh, 
back and forth. It's just, okay. Most brewers believe two-row malt barley has fuller, maltier flavor, while a six-row produces grainier flavor for the final beer mash of all of this. Um, so there's a little more starch uh, in the two-row barley and less protein. So interesting. That's the first first one that's uh, been on like a different description of the barley that we've done. Yeah, never heard of, never heard of that. And even the winter rye, you said. Mm-hmm. I heard winter rye, and I thought it was back to New Riff, into <laughs> whiskey, and I got scared. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, no, I I don't. It do, this doesn't have too much New Riff to it to me. So we'll find out as we get going. Have you tasted uh, so, it yet? Uh, I did. I did take my uh, palate cleanser. Now I'm gonna go in for the whole Kentucky hug. And get that chew. You know, go ahead. I was gonna say, there's not a lot of bite to it. Um, I do it. It drinks ninety proof. Um, the, the my first sip is sweet. Um, I don't get the fruit heavy, and then mm-hmm. it finishes out. Um, uh, butterscotch and uh, syrupy for me. I get the sweet. I've got a caramel vanilla, very classic bourbon um, forward. There's a little more rye to it than uh, I would have expected. There's a little pepper to it in the middle of my tongue. I've got the like rye a black... flavor. It's yeah, a, a malted. I, it's like a yeah. It's not a typical rye flavor. It's it's a little off. It's a little minty. I got yeah. a little mint to it. And that could be part of the earth that you were saying with the nose. Earthy, but, grainy, earthy, uh, grainy rye, rye uh, flavor profile there. Uh, there's there's a lot to it for a 90 proofer, though, to me. The, you know what this kind of reminds me of? Not as harsh of a Ben Holiday. Do you know what I'm Not, saying? Yeah. It, yeah, like, I, I, I could see that. Uh, I, there was something I was trying to put my nose to compare it to, and I think that could be it. And speaking of nose, I just took like another nose, and the first whiff I got was like a banana boat sn- sunscreen. <laughs> you know what I'm it's talking not something about? I wanna, not something <laughs> I want to be drinking, <laughs> sunscreen flavor. It, it doesn't taste like sunscreen, but it like at first whiff, you know, like when you get the banana boat sunscreen and it's got yeah. that banana whiff, that's like as I, I pulled it. I get that on my palate. I'm just, I didn't even have to take another sip and just kind of lick my cheeks and, uh, I can get that. Mm. It's really for me. It's really that this ninety proof is too weak for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's there's not enough bourbon bite. I only drink barrel proof bourbon or anything <laughs> over one hundred because I'm superb. That's how Michael feels. Hey. Uh, hey. So with that said, uh, <laughs> after that glowing review on our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale and for those of you who are just joining us for the first time we have our own rating scale it ranges from hall of fame which is top of the top the best of the bunch right only one percent of uh, baseball players make the hall of fame and we have yet to rate a hall of famer at this point in time next is all-star coming in at third is everyday player of course all-star is one of those best players on the team in a given moment everyday player someone always in the lineup but maybe not making it to an all-star caliber but it's always something that you have on your shelf fourth is a bench player and that is a player that comes in mixes things up every once in a while a bottle that you don't go to all the time maybe not every week maybe at once a month maybe once every couple of weeks but it's something that mixes things up in your lineup and then finally designate for assignment bottom of the barrel get off my team we don't want you get out of here get off my shelf go go somebody else's house or uh, let's go clean some dishes with this puppy so michael burns (laughs) uh on our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale where do you rate this green river kentucky straight bourbon whiskey well i don't have any dishes to clean um (laughs) but uh i got i've got a dfa this guy wow he dfa'd Um, it I got a DFA. The flavor there is too, the rye flavor of it is just off. Um, like I said, it's, it's earthy. It's very grainy, grainy tasting. Um, I don't get enough oak from it. I don't get enough fruit on it. I smell fruit on the nose mm-hmm. out of my glass here. Um, but the, the overall flavor is just off-putting for me. 
Like I, I don't want to go back for another sip. Really? You think it's just the the old 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 glass that you've been drinking out of? There's a, I mean, the water here tastes funny to me, and yeah, Maybe. here in, Alg- in Algonquin slash Crystal Lake here, um, the water Crystal. tastes funny. You should go. You should reach out to Lynn at the Whiskey Gal. She lives in Crystal Lake. Oh, does she? Yeah. So, reach yeah, out to I'll, her. I'll, Tell her you're out there. I'll have to give her a sample of this and have her rate it. Yeah, I think but, she, she may have already had some, but you you should. Uh, I'm going to go with an everyday player, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that this is a, a great starter bourbon for someone. I think that if you were trying to get someone to start to enjoy whiskey, I, this is one that I would grab a bottle and say, "Hey, for the price, I think it hits the bourbon notes on the nose." I do think that there's a little bit lacking in the flavor, but it's not totally off putting. Um, I've got a little bit of everything. I've got the sweetness up front. There's a little bit of a rye in the middle. Um, I'd say the finish is probably the one thing that lacks the most to me, but it's also 90 proof. And as you said, we're both snobs because we are whiskey aficionados. Um, Joking, that's tongue in cheek. But I would probably buy it again, especially for the price for $30. I don't feel like I'm wasting my money throwing it away. Uh, Can't go would, wrong trying it for thirty bucks. Yeah, I, I'd like to see um, what the weeded mash bill uh, produces and what that is like. I've seen that a lot uh, at the Costco and in a lot of stores around here. So I might have the to Costco. grab a bottle on, at the Costco. The, the Costco. So uh, I'm gonna go. This is like one of those everyday players on like a bad team, right? Like <laughs> the, the Oakland A's. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's an Oakland A's everyday player when they're like the bottom 25 team. So it's good enough to make an everyday player roster, but maybe not the best team in the league, so to speak, now that we're putting so qualifiers. You'd, you'd enjoy it every, you know, uh, on a regular basis. Right, but maybe not like next to my other everyday players, so to speak. That ninth. Yeah, it's a, it's a ninth batter everyday player. That's... Now that we are expanding our reviews and rating system and scale. But, uh, yeah, I I would say if you're curious about it, go ahead and spend the 30 35 bucks. I wouldn't spend more than the $35 uh, if you saw it. Um, I'd pay anything at MSRP or below. So If you enjoy rye, you might, uh, the rye flavor, you might enjoy this bourbon. Um, it's it's got more of a rye flavor, in my opinion, than a bourbon flavor. Maybe Which that's just it's the... not. A, it, I mean, it does say sour mash on here. It says bourbon with sour mash whiskey. It does. I see that on the bottle now. Um, yeah. The back says founded by John W. McCullough in 1885 as Kentucky's tenth oldest distillery, became known as the whiskey without regrets before being lost to history after prohibition. Yeah. That was another thing like the, I read about the distillery. It burned down in like three minutes. They lost a majority of the property, uh, when they had their fire, they rebuilt and then prohibition hit and they never produced again. Uh, and it has changed hands here and there. I believe Charles Medley, uh, owned it for a brief period of time. And in 2014, into 2016 and then in 2019 is when it was really starting to make steps forward. Uh, so I, be- I believe they started p- making juice for it in 2016. Uh, and this is the first time they've been putting out their five-year juice or five-plus-year juice, depending on... Uh, Do you know what the DSP KY10 on the bottom is? So the DSP is Distilled Spirits Plant. It has to be established to produce, bottle, and process any types of beverages and spirits. So that's like tequila, rum, all of that. Uh, and it would be what your number is given to you by the state. So in Kentucky, DSP 10. I do know that Boone County used to be DSP 8. And I mm-hmm. believe Four Roses is that now. But Boone County on their bottle, if you look... All the O's have an eight in it, like Boone County stacked up. Yeah. There's an eight um, to pay homage to their past DSP. So it's kind of their license, so to speak. Um, so every employee number, <laughs> kind of. Uh, 
So let's look at, I'm just going to grab bottles here to see. Um, this one may not be the best one to look at because this is Clyde Mays and I think it's out of Alabama. Uh, and some of them put them on their bottles, some of them don't. Uh, some of them are a little more proud about it than others as well. Um, so just a little Having neat. that earlier one's cool to say like, hey, we were on, we were on the first. Yeah, DSP-10. Um, let me look uh, and see. I know I've seen it on a recent bottle. Uh, oh, what about? Nope. Yeah, so uh, Heaven Hill, DSP-1. So they're number one when it comes to the dsp uh, oh, wow. in Kentucky. So and I believe Jack Daniels is seven and that's why they called it number seven. Um I believe that's the story. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that is where number seven comes from. Um and that's why it's called Jack Daniels number seven, because that's hmm. as it came in, that's what people would recognize it as. I want that number seven. Um so I'm sure in the times of in the, you know, non-technology days yeah you didn't know so much about the names necessarily but mm -hmm. definitely crazy times without yes, technology. crazy times and that was a little bit of bourbon trivia let's switch to baseball trivia as we transition to the baseball portion of the bourbon baseball podcast uh so there's been one person in history in the mlb to hit a grand slam both right-handed and left-handed in the same game who is it? I want to say Fernando Tati Sr. He has hit two in the same inning, but he but not from both but sides. But not from both sides of the plate. And I don't believe he's the only person to hit two in the same inning either. He might be, yeah. but I think that was done recently again. Uh, he the other is, guess is would be a recent guess would be Chipper Jones, but I don't think he did. Uh, he was a third baseman, and he played for a team that wore red. And blue. Tommy will know this one. He's a former Cub as well. Bill Miller did it on July 29th of 2003. Uh, the Red Sox versus the Texas Rangers. He did it in the seventh inning and in the eighth inning. So it was late in the game. That score was 14-7 to as Red Sox beat the Texas Rangers. That was the knuckleball game because Tim Wakefield and R.A. Dickey both pitched in that game against each other. So that explains the high scoring. Um, <laughs> Pete but, guys just sitting back that game. Yeah, sitting back and just trying to put one in the put. Uh, I think it was in Texas, so that would have been at the ballpark in Arlington. Uh, that is our baseball trivia question. Moving on to baseball, uh, this past weekend, some good baseball this weekend. But what I want to start out with right up front is this weekend was an important weekend for baseball itself. April 15th every year is celebrated as Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, I love Jackie Day. Seeing everybody wearing number 42, paying homage to Jackie Robinson. Um, did you know that Ken Griffey Jr. is primarily the reason for this? For uh, Jackie Robinson Day? No, I didn't mm. know that. So when he was with the Mariners, he asked Bud Sieglet. Bud Selig, who was the commissioner at the time, if it was okay on April 15th to wear 42 um, when he was a young player. And Selig let him do it in honor. Uh, and then he did it again when he was with the Reds, and they played the Cubs at Wrigley Field, and five other Cubs chose to do it with him. And since then, p players got to choose it, and now it's just become a rule in the last five or six years, I believe, where everybody yeah. wears Jackie Robinson's number, 42, of course. It's retired by every other team. Uh, and do you know who the last player to wear it that wasn't Jackie Robinson in a game where it was actually his number? Fergie Jenkins. Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera, okay. Because he was wearing it when the jersey got retired. Did so. he have to switch numbers? No, I think he's held on to it. I might be completely wrong, but I believe he was forty-two. I love. There's a there's a yeah a reel that goes around uh, a couple of years ago. It's Cody Bellinger uh, video, kind of making fun of how Cody Bellinger kind of just looks like he's kind of out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, the highest player in baseball. <laughs> yeah, he comes in. It's like Billy, down practice, ten minutes. It's like all right. The other guy's like. Jack Robinson Day. Jack, and the guy goes like acting his belly. Is he is he starting? <laughs> <laughs> a 
Okay, so here it is. Uh, the number 42 was retired officially in 1997 by all teams, but players who wore it at the time were allowed to keep it until they left baseball. Uh, Mariano Rivera, of course, didn't leave baseball for quite a while, quite so time. Uh, he got to wear it until he retired. So Mo was the last one to wear it as a player where it was actually his number and not Jackie's number. Um, so cool. The one thing that is difficult is on teams like the Yankees – who don't put their names on the last uh, on their last names on the back of their jerseys all the time? It makes it even more difficult to know who's playing <laughs> because there, there's no names on the back of them, anyways. But at least on, I mean, on Jackie Robinson Day, they don't have names, right? But it, it's okay. still, it still just makes it difficult, right? On any team at that point, like with the Yankees, is already hard unless they're really great players like Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton, which we'll get to in a second. But like. Who is that guy? Who's hitting? Yeah, I hated when the Cubs a few years ago went and tried to go classic and ditch the names on the back. Oh, yeah. And now I, I, I enjoy 05. having the names. Was that 05, 06, I think, when the Cubs Probably did that? Around then, yeah. yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I like, you know, this year in spring training, I watched and you'd see a guy come up with no name. I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah. this is... This is a, either a kid that is just having to get some playing time or yeah. he's in rookie ball. <laughs> yes, yes. So Jackie Robinson Day was the big story this weekend. Also another story this weekend, Tampa Bay Rays finally lost after starting out 13-0, and which um, – Tied the we, record. Yeah, tied the record as we talked about in our pri- uh, previous podcast. They are now 14-3 and three as of this recording. It's currently 9.06. I haven't looked at the score, um, but they're playing here in town versus the Reds, um, and I've got money on the Rays, so uh, let's hope yeah, that, uh, uh, yeah they won. Started. Yep. Yeah, they just, they just gave it's, up eight it's, runs. It's, it's 10 to nothing, Tampa, so we can officially call them 15-3, and, uh, and I cashed that bet, and you can find that on uh, <laughs> our Twitter page. We've been tweeting out a few more of those gambling prospects as well from some of our friends who've joined us from the phillygodfather.com so go check that out so the tampa bay rays were probably the hottest team in baseball 15 and 3 now but they lost two to the blue jays over the weekend yeah uh, let's switch to the next hottest team which is right in our neck of the woods or your neck of the woods uh my old neck of the woods the atlanta braves who have been that's right really hot and we have our friend jerry to thank for that Going and uh, going to the game and who they who 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 was who was he there against though he didn't see a the good Padres game. I think I think it was the Padres Sunday night game he went to on and since Sunday. then the Braves haven't lost correct they're seven <laughs> in a row coming into tonight uh, and as I look at the scoreboard here they play tonight on the West Coast so that won't who's they starting play... though for for the Padres is it Jose is it Joe Musgrove's first game back. It is Blake Snell versus Spencer Strider tonight in uh, All right, San so Diego. Braves looking to make it eight with Strider on the bump. Yes, they are currently thirteen and four, um, which is tied. We're well, not tied. It's the second best record in baseball behind the Tampa Rays, who are now fifteen and three. Uh, the Braves probably they were, I mean, unanimous pick basically from us to win the NL East. Um, I think they've got the best team in the National League right now. And Ron Lacuna is playing like his past self after prior to that knee injury. Mm-hmm. He is the number one scorer in fantasy baseball. If he basically gets a single, he steals second base right now. Yeah, he's uh he's my pick for MVP. A couple of weeks ago in our predictions uh, episode, um, yep, he's looked good. That NL East has looked better over the last couple of days the phillies are still below 500 at 7 and 10 but the braves man they're running away i mean they've only got a two-game lead over the mets but the way they're playing baseball they just got max free back who came back and pitched five innings a shut up ball yesterday i believe um they've looked Mike great is about to yeah. be back for him he's been out for a couple of years yeah so th- that braves team is very very scary between uh, I mean, that lineup, uh, I think Austin Riley just hit his 100th career home run the other day as well. He hit 101 last night. He, okay. So yeah, that was, was already... the two runs that yep. they won. So, uh, now, yeah, the, the Mets Bra- are doing all of that without Verlander and having to skip Max Serger or push his starts back. So mm-hmm. the Mets aren't full strength. Once Verlander comes back, maybe that gives him a little boost. 
They just called up um, one of their top-paying prospects, Brett Beatty, who had a strong spring, mm-hmm. was destroying AAA, and then um, so that's third base for them. They yeah. have a just as hot shortstop. I can't pronounce his last name. Mar Marcino. Yes. Um, sure. He's hits. He's in the short AAA season, hitting just as hot as Beatty was. Six home runs. Um, but they've got Lindor there, so I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Will come right up, slide to second base, and Jeff McNeil will just be a utility guy for him, a DH. So they've got some weapons coming on the offensive side, and uh, Verlander coming back if he can just stay healthy. Uh, Him and him, him Serger. They lost Jose Quintana for a little bit. Cody Sanga has Mm -hmm. been good. I'm not going to say he's been amazing, but he's been good. He's been getting wins, getting strikeouts. Um, So the Mets aren't aren't you know, off to a bad start. They're just still getting going. Yeah. So the Mets, uh, 11 and six, not too far back behind the Braves, but the Braves have just been the class of the division. Another storyline here, I think maybe more so because of how close it is to us, but the Chicago Cubs have been playing some great baseball as of late. Uh, They just, uh, they just took two, three from the Dodgers in LA. Should have very well swept them after uh, having a lead one to nothing with two outs in the ninth, and uh, Michael Fulmer kind of blew that in the ninth inning on Saturday night. But Patrick Wisdom, dude, I think he leads all of baseball in home runs right now. He's tied with Pete Alonso. Yeah, it was six, I believe, or eight, eight. eight yeah, he had six eight. going into last night uh, with Wisdom. Wizzy, baby. Pete Wizzy he, with two. He's, he's having a great start. He's playing great defense at third. He's hitting bombs. He's hitting for average. He's looking like the former first-round pick that the Cardinals sought after when they drafted mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, kind of what I was hoping for. He'd you know find his way after being. I think he was he was injured for a little bit in his minor league career. Never really got a, a mm-hmm. good opportunity. Man, he's right. making the most of it so far. Yeah, the Cardinals in a five-game stint or so with the uh, the uh, Texas Rangers in 2019 and the Cubs got him in uh, 2020. And in 2021 when he came up, it's just been pretty much lights out on the power department. But you mentioned his defense. He put a lot of work into that in the offseason to make himself a more well-rounded player there. So that's really cool to see that he's playing well there. And he's hitting eighth in the lineup most nights, and he's got eight home runs, and he's batting two eighty eight. Uh, another guy on the team, Nico Horner. He leads the league or was leading the league in stolen bases, as you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Catalyst for the lineup, really. Yeah, right. Cubs finally found their leadoff player since Dexter, Dexter Fowler in sixteen. Yeah, they've I, been fighting to find a leadoff guy since then. My buddy Tony Andraki, who works for the Marquee Sports Network, I played baseball with him in college. He tweeted out that the Cubs finally found their leadoff man. So I said, "So do we get to say you go, we go again?" And some <laughs> and somebody responded, "Nico go, we go." <laughs> That's good. So That's good. I, I I think we're gonna try to get obvious shirts to make that one. Shout out to obvious shirts. Speaking of shirts, I've got a cool shirt on. This one says, "The happiest place on earth." Next time you come up, or the first time you actually come up to visit, Michael, here in Cincinnati area, we're going to go to the Prohibition uh, Bourbon Bar in northern Kentucky. Uh, Great couple there who have an incredible bourbon bar. Um, So if you're ever in town, or anybody listening to this is in town, they're only open Fridays and Saturdays, but it may be one of the best collection of bourbons that you're ever going to see. Uh, which is why it's the pappiest place on earth. So big shout out to. Uh, I remember getting lots of snaps from me that night that yes. you went for the first time of all the different pours you were having. I think I got five different snaps. Yeah, the Newberry Brothers Prohibition Bar. It's a coffee shop by day, and then on Friday night and Saturday night, uh, it's the Prohibition Bourbon Bar. So going back to the Cubs real quick, Justin Steele. There's a lot of storylines with this team. Justin Steele just all around. 15 straight starts, I believe, with like incredible statistics for Justin Steele dating back to last year. He's got the third best ERA from a lefty, I think, since June of last year, uh, who's made a minimum of X amount of starts. I don't remember what the stat was, but he's been great. Cody Bellinger with a 5 for 5 night last night, robbing Jason Hayward of a home run on Saturday night, hit a rocket, a missile on Sunday, um, back-to-back home runs. 
it's hard to find right now a player on the Cubs that is hard to talk about. Ian, <laughs> Eric Hosmer. Ian Happ. Even Hosmer's defense is better. Hosmer's defense wins us the game on Sunday if Mancini's not at first base. Mancini made that error when he dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, so even though Hosmer has not been great hitting wise, his defense has looked pretty decent so far. Gold glove defense. Uh, from he's not his hitting base. terrible. He's hitting no. what two fifty. Two fifty. His on base and slugging is right, right there at two fifty as well. Right. Um, and he hasn't so seen I, as much play lately. Uh, but yeah, that Cubs team, man, nine and six. They've got two more in Oakland, and then they head back home to take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I will be traveling for two of those games here as we get to later parts of the week. So look out here on YouTube for more YouTube shorts, as well as our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm going to try to take some videos and make some reels from that. Uh, so Pass that's some is that some wriggle. stuff yes that's some stuff to go look for on our social media if you're looking for some more content there another thing i wanted to point out the detroit tigers won again third straight walk-off victory really with a home run by matt carpenter um or not matt carpenter carrie, carrie carpenter, carpenter. Carrie Carpenter, really? Yeah, Carrie Carpenter hit a walk-off home run to win in the ninth, and they actually just won again. So they swept the doubleheader today versus the Cleveland Guardians. Um, as uh, wow, yeah, and it looks like Carpenter hit another home run. Is that how what he did in this game? Carrie Carpenter's a big a big name for them for Detroit. Nope, nope. Uh, he Riley Green hit a home run uh, in a one nothing finish. Detroit yeah. has names if they could just put. Put it together. They're just not. Mm -hmm. None of them are clicking at the same time. They've got pitching of Casey Mize is out for the year, but Eduardo Rodriguez just threw an eight inning shutout, ten strikeouts, four hits to beat the Guardians. So the Detroit Tigers have won four straight, and they are five and nine. <laughs> Wait, was it a doubleheader today? You said it was a doubleheader today. They so got rained out yesterday. So did the, did the doubleheader go into extra innings? That Eduardo threw eight innings. Mm-mm. Uh, that was the one nothing win that they won with um, Green hitting uh, the home run in the seventh. And then the single, the first game, uh, they won in the bottom of the ninth. Um, Why am I thinking that doubleheaders are seven innings? Uh, that's what it was during the pandemic year. But since then, it's returned to nine innings. Okay. I, I still thought that, that doubleheaders were seven innings only. Yeah, uh, it may have been that year in 2021, I think. It was 2021 because they remember they pushed the schedule back, so they had to play more doubleheaders in 2021. So okay. all the doubleheaders were going to be seven-inning um, games. Uh, so I, that was just a cool note that the Tigers I had won. I think they still do that in the minor leagues, maybe. It might. I, th I think they've done that for a long time, though, haven't they? Probably. Uh, but the Tigers uh, are now seven and nine after four straight wins of, uh, or three straight walkoff victories and four straight wins of, with five straight wins for the Tigers. So they're playing better. Benched Javi Baez, who's been a knucklehead uh, and an idiotic player. Not not smart. The Tigers are third in that division ahead of the White Sox, who are six and eleven. Uh, so moving on well, to Eloy's different... hurt again or was hurt again. Aloy, Tim Anderson, um, Yoan Mancada. Uh, Robert's yeah. off to a good start, but that's yep. the only name I see highlighting there. Yep, their pitching staff hasn't been great. The best pi the best pitcher on their team has been Mike Clevenger, who's their fifth starter. <laughs> right. Um, right. They blew a lead, a four nothing lead on Sunday versus the Orioles. Uh, so a lot going wrong there for the uh, Chicago White Sox. I want to move on, uh, not really point out many teams, but you see what happened today with a young player in Cincinnati? Hunter Green got a, a six-year, $53 million extension. So the Reds no, spending some money. That. Yeah, actually, it's six a smart... Six-year how much? Six-year, six, six $53 million, um, which may not seem like a lot, but that buys him out of three arbitration years and gets one year free agency. He's got one option year at twenty million, $21 million for 2029. Um, and all in all, if like he, he meets incentives, he can hit like $95 million. So not a bad deal for a young fireballer who guarantees himself $53 million no matter what. Uh, yeah, hopefully it, he makes his next start. He got hit in the shin yesterday and came out. Yeah, but he pitched well versus the Rays because they pummeled the Rays yesterday. 
Reds did? The Reds won yesterday like nine to uh, – it was eight to one because I had an under at nine and a half. So, so. it was a good bullpen day then because yeah. Green came out, I think, in the fourth inning. Uh, well, that's probably why they got pummeled by the Rays today. Well, you said Lodolo gave up eight runs Lodolo today. gave up eight. Oh, my so. fancy team. So that's an extension, another extension last week, or not, well, kind of an extension as the Cubs, I think it was right before we did the podcast, re-signed Ian Happ for three years, $61 million. So it's weird to see those extensions or these contracts given out in the first couple of weeks of the year. Usually once the season starts, a lot of teams and a lot of players are like, nope, we're done. We won't talk about it for a couple of weeks, a couple more months. But uh, that's two of note, I would say. Uh, it's kind of like a game of chicken they're playing in spring training. Yeah. But, oh, once we start, they're put, you know, finally someone gives in, it sounds like. Right. Uh, another name you mentioned, uh, the Mets called up their top prospect, Beatty, coming up. What do you think the implications are for that team with him now? Like, what what does he do to the lineup? Uh, it, he's just going to extend it. He's a strong bat. I, I don't know much about his defense. I don't think it's very strong if that's what they – clamored that he needs he's to a go back down hitter, right? for. Yeah, he's lefty. P- power guy, so he'll he'll hit home runs for the Mets. Um, that probably gives Alonzo protection. That gives the, the lineup some more length. They've got Lindor, the outfield of, of Mark Canha. Canha, how do you say his Canna. last name? Canna. Canna. Um, Starling Marte, off to a, a good start. Um, Jeff McDeal, Jeff McNeil, and they still have Francisco Alvarez catching, um, waiting in the wings too. The way the way you mentioned it with his third base um, defense, it's almost like what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant, right? Like he needs to go down for his defense. Oh, and he, Brad Beatty's coming up on exactly the same um, day same that Chris day. Bryant did, April seventeenth, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Chris Bryant struck out in all his appearances versus who on his major league debut? Do you remember? No, I did. was it? It was the Padres. James Steve Shields. James, James Shields. Shields. Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, speaking of Chris Bryant, I just popped up his stats because last week when we were recording, we we're like, he still has yet to hit a home run in Colorado. He's done it. Finally, yesterday. it made some. It made news and news highlights that he went. Three for four second season. Wow. Three for four yesterday. I think he can do well there in Coors Field. It's hard not Uh, to. Well, I was just looking at it. You look at his stat line, not a bad stat line right now. He's got two home runs, but he's batting three twenty-three and sixty-five at bats with four doubles, two bombs, five RBIs. He's got an OPS of eight fifty-seven. obviously small sample size, but like if you extrapolated that out, you would take that from him especially with the contract that he's got. So yeah, um, there's your Chris Bryant statistic of the week. A uh, couple of things I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, injuries the last couple of days have Man, really they popped just keep up. Coming. Um, Jacob DeGrom yesterday left his start. He was no hit. He had a three perfect innings. I remember I texted you yesterday. I was like, DeGrom, three perfect innings, basically telling you, go watch the Texas Rangers. And then I get a, an alert, and then you sent me Degrom pulled four innings after four four no hit innings. Um, so Degrom hurt. He said he expects to make his next start. Wrist injury. I wonder if it was actually a wrist. What I mean, because do you say wrist and it's actually the forearm, just not to right. scare folks? Because when you say forearm, because oh, has yeah. Degrom had TG? I thought he TJ? had shoulder surgery. And... He has not had Tommy John. Yeah. So you wonder if Degrom is so lights out, he just needs to make the John Smoltz switch mm-hmm. and come be an elite closer to finish out his career, and maybe yeah. start later, you know, a couple of years. But or stay in the mound, stay in the mm-hmm. game. It says it, he expects to make his next start, but that's especially for the amount of money he signed for the injury past. That's one. Speaking of injury past, boy, John Carlos Stanton might as well change your name back to Mike. Um, because the Giancarlo <laughs> thing's not working. He's hurt again as well. He's got a hamstring that's going to keep him out for six weeks. That's what we talked about, I think, earlier in our predictions and even before that, how the Yankees lineup, when injured, I just don't think they have the depth. Of course, they've got um, Franchi, right? 
Cordero, Cordero right. who's been off to a hot start. But you can't rely on him to carry you through the season and pick up Giancarlo Stanton stuff. Uh, Maybe they just call up Jason Dominguez, their top outfield yeah. prospect, earlier than they expected. I mean, it worked when the Nationals did it for Juan Soto. Right, true. Um, but that, that, a chance. that's another one. Like, When's the last time Giancarlo Stanton played – more than like 125 games yeah in a season and another exciting note for this week uh fernando tatis jr is coming back on thursday, on thursday right yeah right his he uh did a rehab assignment with triple a a lot of haircuts played... from what i heard a lot of haircuts <laughs> yeah remember he tested positive because he got a haircut and there was oh. ringworm and that's the medication he used sorry yeah <laughs> he uh, played 12 games, 12 games, I think, had six home runs. Yeah, it was ridiculous, uh, very ridiculous uh, with what he did. I'm trying to get this Giancarlo Stanton. Um, it took me to when last time he played a full season? Uh, not necessarily just a full season, but just more than like 120 games because that has been his issue. I guess in 2021 he played 139, but that's the last time he played – Near a full season was 2018, where he played 158. Since then, it has been 18 in 2019, played 23 in 2020. Of course, 2020 was a shortened season. Still not a full season, though. It's not even half a season because that season was 60 games. In 2021, 139. And in 2022, last year, he only played 110 games. So he's averaging about not even half the year over the last – five years that's how many years scary. does he have left in that contract uh a lot that was a, that was a 13 was a year f- deal that he signed with marlins yeah let me look that up on Spotrack. um but another name i have on here did you see jeffrey springs with the the rays i did see that uh really unfortunate the rays off of a hot start jeffrey springs and his first start went six innings 12 k's and rays fans are like let's go and uh Springs has been announced today that he is going under the knife with Tommy John. Mm-hmm. So if you include this year, Stanton has six full years left. Six? Oh, well, wow. five with a club option in 2028. And the Yankees would have to pay him a buyout, I believe. If, I think they will. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Oof. But that's what you expected at the end of those contracts. If mm-hmm. if inflation hasn't hit enough to make those cheap bench guys, then yeah, it's it's what's going on with Eric Hosmer right now. He's he signed the deal. Didn't He's getting work paid out by the, really uh, the Padres. <laughs> He's getting paid by the Padres to play games for the Red Sox and for the Cubs. Yeah, and then another injury I just saw pop up was Carlos Carrasco. Um, he is going on the injured list as well. So another New York Mets starter uh, going down um, with an injury. So that's unfortunate as well. Corbin uh, Corbin Burns left his start yesterday with his mm-hmm. non-throwing arm pec strain. Oh, no. Carlos Carrasco. So Carrasco's is a right elbow inflammation. So yeah, anytime that the elbow pops up now, and he's 0-2 with an 856 ERA through his first couple starts. Uh, last thing, have you seen what Bryson Stott has done to start off the year? Uh, he's hitting for high average. I think he's leading. He's in the top five for batting average, hitting like four hundred. But so he grounded a leadoff single to start the uh, Phillies' win in the first game of the doubleheader today, and that extended his hitting streak to seventeen games. So oh, it's wow. the longest. Yeah, it's the longest to uh, have for a Philly player in the modern era, passing good old. Willie Puddinhead Jones for the longest Oof. start to a season. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> no. <laughs> Puddinhead. He passed Puddinhead. Um, so 17 straight games to start the year. I wonder if he's got a hit tonight in the second part of the doubleheader. Uh, Is it actually spelled like pudding? Kind Puddin. of like P-U-D-D? Puddin. Uh, that's the guy's nickname was Puddin. Oh, okay. Um but let's see, box score today. He's 0 for 3 in the second game of the doubleheader, so it looks like his hitting streak might come to an end, but still pretty cool there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stories around Major League Baseball. Did you see Otani's home run tonight? I did not. I haven't watched any baseball today. I'm, 
you can check it out on our Instagram because I'm going to post the reel of it um, as we get off of this. Uh, but he hit a 116.5 mile per hour rocket in the first inning of the game versus the Yankees tonight. Um, yeah. As the, uh, I, I watched a little bit of that game yesterday, the Red Sox on Patriots day taking on the angels um, and the angels won. It was an Otani start. He pitched two innings and then there was a rain delay on top of the rain delay already. Uh, so he got pulled, but some good baseball going on here. The last couple of weeks, it's it been is fun. Some good stories going on. Some good yeah. kids coming up and playing. Um, so. The A's calling up their uh, next top mm-hmm. pitching prospect, Mason Miller, mm-hmm. could start tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, let's hope not. Let's or hope, hope not. he does. <laughs> or hope he does, and the Cubs greet him in the way that he should. Um, I, I hope that uh, Matt, Matt Mervis is called up on Wednesday, and maybe we see him Thursday in Chicago. Yeah, that would be fun. I I still feel like they may wait till May, give Hosmer a little more run. I don't know. It's hard at this point. That's a big thing too. It's the Cubs have to – they're doing better here to start the season than they maybe anticipated, right? You theoretically could be coming back into Chicago with an 11-6 and six record, and you don't want to lose games that you shouldn't, right? Like, At this point, if you're off to a hot start, every game matters. Right, right. Is, is, uh, especially, Hos- is Hosmer part of the future? No. Can you find another first baseman no. that's going to do what he can do? Yes. Yes. Um the only thing that I would question, I don't know much about Mervis's defense at first base. So Hosmer he is, he can play over there because Chris, yeah. Christopher Morales. Well, you've got Mancini too. You've got Mancini too. Um, so and he's on a two-year deal. The Pirates have been a fun story, ten and seven. McCutcheon uh, should have never left. Yeah, McCutcheon. He's looked really good. Did you see he had a home run in extra innings to beat the Cardinals the other night, which was awesome. Uh, but McCutcheon's McCutcheon's had a great start to his um, season back with the uh, the Pirates. Dude has a three oh two average with three bombs and seven driven in. So, like, welcome back, McCutcheon. Um, that's another thing, real quick. I want to talk about with the Pirates. Uh, did you see that the workers at PNC Park are going to go on strike at the start of the new homestand? Ticket I takers, vendors, and somebody else. So, I mean, oh, the sure. 200 people who would be going to the Pirates game anyways aren't going to be able to get in. But uh, They get, they get the, decent crowds compared to dude, some of the others. But. That, I'm putting it on record here. I've been to 21 ballparks. PNC is by far my favorite so far. I I hate that the Pirates have been so kind of abysmal over much of the last 20 years outside of that, what, three- or four-year window with McCutcheon and uh, Pedro Alvarez and Starling Marte and Josh Harrison. Yeah. Uh, uh, and even who was the right fielder, Polanco, that was supposed to be a big deal who just never yep. Josh Bell. Out. Josh I mean, Bell. Listen to those names. Listen to those yeah. names. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, who they got rid of and traded to the Astros for Joe Musgrove and Colin Moran. Um, but, yeah, and I mean. Joe Musgrove they shipped right off. Yeah. So the the Pirates have looked better. I mean, they're 10-7. and seven. It's early. I mean, but they've got a six a plus six run differential. The only team in the NL Central that does not have a positive run differential right now is the Cardinals. Uh, and their pitching has been abysmal. Uh, they're 4-7 and seven at home. Um, wow. So you can't lose at home. Can't lose at home. No, the, the you go five hundred on the road and you have a winning record at home usually. But man, I want to do the quick standings update. Um, we kind of went through the NL East. So I'll go through it quick. The Braves, the Mets, the Marlins at nine and eight, and then the Phillies and the Nationals. The NL Central, the Brewers have been the class of that division, uh, really because of pitching. I would say right, fifty-two runs against through the first seventeen games. Um, the Cubs are in second in that division at nine and six. Pirates third, ten and seven. The Reds are now seven and ten after losing to the Rays, and they are tied for last with the Cardinals at seven and ten as well. And in the NL West, second week in a row, we're talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks on top. Let's uh, go! That, and they've Zach got Gall- help coming. Yeah, Zach Allen, stud ace pitcher who through a amazing game the other day to get the win. The Dodgers are second in you know, this division. The Diamondbacks are the only one above 500 right now. 10 and 7, everybody else below at the Dodgers in second at 8 and 9, the Padres 8 and 10, the Giants 5 and 10 and the Rockies are 5 and 12. As we look towards the American League, the AL East, 
coming into tonight, the only team that was not above 500 was the Red Sox in last, and they were at eight and nine. The Orioles seven and uh, seven losses to nine wins, so they're in fourth. Blue Jays had a pretty good week going back towards the top of that division. Uh, they are ten and seven after another loss, but uh, they were just a couple games behind the Rays. The Yankees are ten and six, and the Rays, of course, are now fifteen and three. The Guardians and the Twins have been towards the top of that division, but right now the Twins are playing good baseball. They are ten and six. Guardians nine and nine. Tigers seven and nine. White Sox six and eleven. And then the Royals rounding out that division. And then in the AL West, I'd say both the Wests are the two divisions that don't look like we expected them to. Right. Right. The NL West and the AL West. The Rangers at ten and six. The Angels at eight and eight. The Mariners at eight and nine, along with the Astros at eight and nine. And then taking down the house in Oakland with the worst record in baseball, the Oakland Athletics. Three and that and will four. not change all year. No. Did you see um, as well that uh, what happened when the New York Mets went to Oakland? I did. The, the A's almost had a record. Which is what? They almost had the most, almost broke the record for having their pitchers issue the most walks in a game oh it was like 26 and 27 innings or something like that right they gave up 17 walks no they gave up 17 walks in one game in one game oh i thought i saw maybe it was the whole weekend it was like 26 walks in the whole weekend i but did you see the possum thing no i didn't see the possum thing <laughs> so oakland um there's a possum that's been living in the visitors press box and the oh, they, they the, it. the New York Mets broadcasters uh, uh, could not do the broadcast from the box because there was possum crap all over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that's such a disgrace! Not yes. only is the field and attendance terrible, but now you're mm-hmm. talking about the the press up there, the guys yeah. trying to do their job. That's that's awful. Yeah. So quick. Uh, early reaction. We are th- almost three weeks full through the season. Who would you give the MVP to in both leagues? It, uh, overall MVP? Yeah, MVP in the AL and MVP in the NL. Uh, the D-backs. D-backs are off as a team, are off to start. Corbin Carroll leading that effort with stealing bases, hitting home runs, looking like the player they thought they were g- going to get out of him. Um, Zach Gallon pitching like a stud, like he broke out uh, late last year. Um, they've got they've got they've got offense and they've got pitching. They've got more pitching. I know Mad Bum has not been doing well, mm-hmm. but they've got the minor league strikeout leader of the year last year overall on his same schedule. He could be up as soon as this week. I was more so talking about players, but. That's a good team for overall. All right. So how about individual player? I'm going to hometown. I'm going to say Nico Horner, the dude hitting 300, stealing bases. Um, just setting the table. He's the one who's on my mind there the most of scoring runs for the Cubs. Stands be hitting them in. How about you for the NL? Uh, I'm going to go in the NL, uh, probably Ronnie, Ronald Acuna. Uh, Ronald Acuna. He's oh, like right. He's, He's just he's hitting for power. He's hitting for average. He's stealing bases. He's making things happen. Gold glove, gold glove defense. He's got three home runs, eleven RBIs, seven stolen bases. His on base percentage is four sixty three, and he's got an OPS over a thousand. So it's hard. It's hard to beat that. Yeah, Ronald might have even got Tyler O'Neill kicked off of his own team just because he <laughs> smoked him so much, throwing him out at home. Tyler O'Neill was like, "I'm not running yeah. against him," and yeah. Yeah. Ugly situation for Tyler O'Neill. Really yeah. unfortunate. So that's the NL. Who would you give it to in the AL right now? The AL. Um, let me think on that. Do you have someone in the AL? I'm going with Matt Chapman. Uh, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great one. He's got the second most hits in the league. Um, he's got the fourth most RBIs in the league. He's hitting for power. He's hitting for average. He's got the best batting average in the AL at 410. Uh, he's doing everything, and he's got gold glove defense at third base, and uh, he's slugging 738 to lead the American League. Even though he may not have as many home runs, he's just slugging, and he's got an OBP of 471. Uh, get this, the top three 
uh, players in the AL in hits are Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, and Vlad Guerrero. So in the entire American League, three of the top three all come from the same team. And, and, that's, that's, and the Blue Jays aren't doing better because their rotation pitching. is getting destroyed. Right. Destroyed. They're, they're 10 and 7. They should but, be so I mean, better. But Manoa, Gosman, oh, they just they are being destroyed. Mm-hmm, uh, what, what, mm-hmm. Do you have the standings up to see the run differential? Uh, the run differential for the Blue Jays, who are 10 and 7, is a minus 7. Yeah. They've scored 82 runs, but they've given up 89. Yeah, and the, yeah. to put that in perspective, the Yankees' run differential is 25. They've given up only 49 runs all year. Which I think is my uh, standout of the three-week mark is Garrett Cole. He's, oh, he's been incredible. Like Garrett Cole. Yeah. yeah, complete game in his last, Four and last start. 4-0, I think it's what, like under a 1 ERA? Yeah, he's, fine. he's pitching like, a, like the $300 million man that the Yankees were hoping to get. Yeah, uh, sticky stuff must be back. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you gave me your team in the NL that was your surprise or your MVP. Is there an AL team? Is it the Rays? Sur- the, the surprise? No, um, I'm not. They, they don't overly surprise me. Um, the Twins are off to a great start. They just extended Pablo uh, Sanchez. Pablo Lod- Lopez. Lopez. Um, That's another extension we didn't talk about. That's <laughs> another extension. Uh, I don't know about surprise team. I'm the I'm happy to see that the Angels and uh, Rangers are up there on top, and it's not the, mm-hmm. the uh, Astros. So I guess my surprise team would be the Astros off to a, a bad start. A slow start at eight and nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did get a win yesterday. They got beat by the Rangers this weekend, and they have not looked great. Some of their players have looked slow. I know they're hurt. They don't have Jose Altuve, um, and they just lost another one of their pitchers, didn't they? Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, they are currently losing to the Blue Jays 4 to nothing here in the top of the six as we record this, so it does look like the Blue Jays will get a win, and the Houston Astros might get a loss, depending on how this sorts out in the last four innings of that game, but... There's a lot of fun stuff going on in baseball. Uh, if you haven't watched, you need to. But if you haven't watched and you're listening to this podcast, something's wrong. <laughs> Just go watch the Cubs. It's 2015 yeah. all over again with the Cubs. They look real fun. They're really good uh, in that division so far. And as I say this, the Diamondbacks are on top again against the Cardinals 7-3. So Let's go. fun stuff. Um over the next couple of weeks, of course, we'll have more uh, baseball and bourbon talk, but also look out for some more bourbon reviews. We're going to have to start cranking out a few more of those here over the next couple of weeks when things start to get a little more settled out. Uh, learn more about us on our Instagram accounts. I can be found at whiskey underscore weather. Michael is above him, as you can see both of us on YouTube. But, Michael, what is your account on Instagram? Instagram it is bnb underscore burns. You'll and, see all kinds of bourbon. You'll you'll see baseball. You'll see fancy baseball, and occasionally I throw out my favorite uh, memes or reels into my story there. Yes, you just brought up fantasy baseball. Uh, you guys putting out a podcast this week for fantasy camp baseball? Yeah, we do. Uh, we do a weekly one to get you ready for the for the next week. We record Thursday nights, put that episode out Fridays, so that you have the weekend to listen to us and get advice for getting ready for the next fantasy baseball week. Uh, who is Fun a stuff. guy on the waiver wire maybe this week that you would be keeping an eye on that's most likely in the, available? If, no, I would go pick up Brett Beatty. We talked about him. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to make an immediate fantasy impact right away. Mm-hmm. Such a big bat. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Mason Miller just got called up. He's a high K per nine uh, pitcher. If he wasn't for the A's, he would be a must-add if he was on any team but the A's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find more at Fantasy Camp BNB on Instagram, correct? That's where you guys can be found? Fantasy Baseball Camp. On Instagram? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was so- Fantasy Camp BNB, and 
the we added the baseball part back into okay. there because right. fantasy camp got a little weird in <laughs> our minds. <laughs> yeah. uh, late night fantasies over there with the uh, <laughs> yeah. fantasy camp guys. We are on Instagram as a barrels and barrels podcast. That is at barrels the letter n barrels pod. We are almost to a thousand followers. As we get there, we will be giving out something fun for a giveaway also on facebook maybe some green river Ooh, <laughs> yes michael's favorite um maybe facebook. the whole bottle <laughs> it's open there's no poison in it uh that's a big shout out to ben um bourbon in the borough facebook barrels and barrels pod twitter barrels and barrels youtube barrels and barrels pod please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already it's right below me right down there just hit the subscribe button. We're hoping to get to 100 by the end of May. Email. You can email us with any questions, any thoughts. We had Chris send us an email. Kyle send us an email. That is barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. We're on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Please rate us, review us, just like our buddy Joseph just did earlier this week. We'll read it for you and list it out on air. Uh, and don't forget to hit the subscribe and download button on both of those accounts, Spotify and Apple. That's all I have here for Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, Episode 22. Michael Burns, anything left for our friends, family, and listeners? Let's go. Let's go.